verse 3, chapter 18, Jesus says in red, truly I say to you, like this is like legit talk right here. Not every single time does Jesus say truly I say to you. When he does, listen, you, you need to know this. Jesus is already a truth sayer, but on top of what he's saying, which is truth, and then he says this is really true, you probably just need to perk the ears up and to open up the heart and say, what is it that you're saying? Here's what he says. Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like a child, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Can you, can you read that with me? Uh, come on, everybody. Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like a child, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Usually my messages come out of a place of abundance, comes out of a place of like just knowing that God's been hanging out with me in this particular uh, subject matter. But today, uh, this week and next week, I'm going to be talking about this idea that this message comes out of a place of more of absence than it does abundance. It comes in a, a man, just an awareness of my need rather than something I feel like I'm, I'm grabbing a hold of. So this, this is more like times of confession that I'm going to bring to you like this week and next week and hope that we can come together and walk this path out uh, so that we can, it, we can start to pray this thing in and just practice it together. Because uh, I haven't figured it out. I'm not there on all of the subjects. But on this one, I really see my deficit and I really see my need. And that's why God's been stirring this up in me. And I want to share it with you so that we can come together as a family and say, how can we do this together? And so um, I, I, I titled the message in a way that is a directive and it's also a prayer. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this thing down because we're going to be hanging out with this week and next week on the title... It's see the wonder and stay curious. Come on, see the wonder and stay curious. I want you to look to your neighbor, turn to him right now, and tell him the title of my message, See the Wonder and Stay Curious. See the wonder and stay curious. I don't know what it's been, but I, I feel like a little bit of um, uh, unveiling has been happening that God's been showing me, you've lost it here, you don't have it, there's a lack, and it's almost like an erosion where you don't really recognize some of the things that are missing in your life until you come face to face with where they've been. You know what I mean? And so it's like a, it's like a marriage, maybe. And you think in a honeymoon, when you first get married, your marriage is great, and it'll never be like them over there. And then all of a sudden, you get to the point where you look at each other and you realize, man, how did we get to this point? Come on, you ever been there? You don't have to raise your hand. I just want to know that you're there. And so when we walk through this, right, when we walk through this, sometimes there's subjects that God brings up in our lives that, we, that we, He just wants to recognize, hey, how are we doing in this area? And I believe the wonder of God is supposed to captivate our soul, and we're supposed to be stirred up in curiosity every single day, just like Matthew 18 says, like a child, just like a child. And I, I recognize one of the moments that I really just kind of felt like, gosh, this is, this is where uh, one of the areas that I've been missing this is um, brings me back to the very first time that I actually showed up to North Carolina. The first day I showed, I arrived to SOP, Whispering Pines Airport, Hollerback, you know what I'm talking about? 
and I drove in on Morganton, and I went past Turnberry Woods towards CCNC, and I saw the most amazing thing ever. This boy from Kansas, who had only seen Christmas trees get about like this big and that wide, drove down Morganton, and there was a wall on this side and a wall on this side of pine trees that went from the ground seemingly all the way to the sky, and I was absolutely amazed. Come on, have you ever done this? No, because you lived here for too long, <laughs> right? Because that, that's what happens when you see the pine trees. You're like, I don't like pine trees. You know, they, they get sap on my car. They, they throw pine cones at me. And, and let alone all the pine straw that comes down and clogs up my gutter. I don't like pine trees. Come on, anybody with me? Like, wh- like, where have I gotten to the point where now I don't like them? And, and at one time, 13 years ago, I actually, I, I did the math. I have traveled this Morganton Road, same place, every single day. We moved houses once, and I've uh, had a change in job once. Those are big changes. But every single change has allowed me to make the same commute. Almost as if God's saying, don't forget, when you first saw this, you were in awe. And so now, every single day, I drive by there, and sometimes I don't even see it. Sometimes I drive past, and I said, oh, man, I, have you ever done that? <laughs> have you ever made a commute and be like, phew, what, what just happened? I don't remember the commute at all. My brain, come on, this is dangerous. My brain was elsewhere. And we're just not present. We're just not there. I have driven by the wonder of God every single day. And I just got to ask myself, and this is my prayer, God, let me see the wonder and stay curious about the things that you have shown me in the past so that I can still remain there today. Now, let me go to Matthew 18. This is the key verse today. I want to do a little bit of teaching around Matthew 18 to talk about how we can see the wonder and stay curious and become childlike. Matthew 18 says, uh, unless you turn and become like a child, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. I want you to highlight three words, three concepts here. If you're taking notes, I want you to write these three areas down. I need to teach on these for like just a few minutes, so just bear with me. Let me, let me break these down and, and, and get all like nerdy and teaching professor-like on you just for a little bit so that we can build on these concepts. You good with that? Love me some feedback. I don't know. Just, I, I usually don't ask rhetorical questions. Are you good with that? Yeah. All right, all right. Augustine's in the house. Highlight these three ideas. Become, enter, and the kingdom of heaven. Let me just start with the, the very last one, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is literally heaven. Jesus talks about heaven. It's the place where you will be one day when you put your faith in Jesus, and there is no more sorrow. There is no more sickness. There is no more pain. You get a new body. Come on, are you listening? You, you get to the place where you see the fullness of God. The kingdom of heaven is the reality of heaven. One day you will see what life is supposed to be like, and you will see him for who he is. That is how Jesus describes the kingdom of heaven. But then these two other words really just articulate this well. He says, enter, this word enter. Unless you become like a child, you can't enter. So enter, you know, almost gives this word like, okay, first you're not in it, and then you pass a threshold, now you have entered. 
And, and he uses this word because there will be a day when you cross the threshold and your life will be behind you and you will go into the fullness of life. There is a day where you will pass from death, come on somebody, into life. There will be a day when you know heaven and you know God in part and that you will one day, when you put your faith in Jesus, know him fully. Come on, anybody recognize the hope that that brings you. There will be a day when you recognize what God is doing here in part and you will go into, enter into his fullness later so that you can experience the very presence of God. He says, I want you to enter. That's when you put your faith in Jesus and he open arms just welcomes you. But then there's a third part that's the word become, become. And this is a present word. This is a now word. So listen, listen to what it says. I want you to become like a child right now. Why? So that you can see the reality of heaven right now. Listen to me. This is crucial. In part. You can see the reality of heaven right now in part by allowing your heart and your soul to become like a child so that later you will enter the fullness of the kingdom fully after you die. So it's almost as if Jesus is saying, I want as much of heaven to you to be awakened to right now in part so that you can experience the fullness of heaven after you die. This is the process of becoming right now more humble, to have a childlike faith. Come on, somebody. To trust like a child, to have faith like a child, to pray like a child, to, ha to have a mentality, maybe a myopic focus on like, like a child, to have the simplicity of heart and the purity of heart. Come on, somebody like a child. Because isn't that what Jesus says in Matthew 5? The pure in heart will see God. Yes. Yeah. I, he wants you to become like a child right now so you can see the wonders of God right now in this moment so that you can experience the fullness of God's wonder when you enter into heaven. Stop the teaching portion. Did you capture it? You got it? So now I'm moving on. I think it's always beneficial for us to look at some examples. You know, so now we have, okay, get the concept. God, you want to awaken the wonder in me. You want to remain curious right now in part so I can see what you're doing so that I can enter into your fullness later on in the kingdom. That is what Jesus came to bring. And so how do I do that? And what examples can I actually look at? Well, one of the big glaring examples all throughout the entire Old Testament is this people group called the Israelites. You don't need to know much about them. Let me just tell you about them. It's a, it's a people group, a nation that God chose to be set free. They were, un, they were under slavery. Does that sound familiar? You, you and I are under slavery. And then a people group that God says, I want to free you. Does that sound familiar? Because God wants to free you. Come on, somebody. And then so he used Moses to lead them out of slavery onto the promised land. Now, the Old Testament promised land is a figure of today how we are supposed to walk in the fullness of the Spirit. Come on, somebody. That's where he wants to bring you and I, the fullness of walking and being led by the Spirit. So then he moves them out of slavery through the wilderness, and he says, our goal and our place that we will get to one day is the promised land. 40 years goes by. 40 years. 
And I'm not going to bring you through all 40 years, but I just want to kind of highlight some of the things that God did during those 40 years. God says he actually allowed fire to lead the Israelites. Why fire through the desert? Why fire through the wilderness? Because in the desert, it gets cold at night, and you're going to need a fire that God provides every single time to camp out. Come on, somebody. And he says, during the day, I led them by a cloud. Why a cloud in the desert? Because it's hot, and you need some shade, and it, it's, it's just not familiar around in that area. Then later on, they said, hey, we're hungry. What did God do? He dropped manna, bread, literally from the sky. Can you imagine? You wake up in the morning, oh, pff, sweet, man. Delivery, like you don't even need to leave your tent. This is great. You pick it up, you go back in, and you eat every single day. And then not only that, they say, hey, we're thirsty. So what did God do? He poured water from a rock. I know, I'm as amazed as you are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it was water from a rock. That is not normal. So, so why do I share all this? Because at some point in time, the Israelites saw the very hand of God and they saw the wonder of God every single day. But you want to know what the Bible records as the, as the Israelites' response to all of this through the wilderness? Two words, grumbling and complaining. How do the Israelites see fire at night, clouds by day, manna coming in every day, quail coming in later for all you meat eaters, water coming out of the rock, and then all they do is respond in grumbling and complaining? I'll tell you why. It's because we do this today. The moment that we stop seeing the wonders of God all around us is the moment that we start to complain and criticize and judge. So look for the areas. Look for the areas that you're just frustrated with. Look for the areas that you quarrel. James says you fight and you quarrel because you have these desires that get stirred up inside of you and they're just wrong. Maybe you just need to look up past the, past the critique, past the criticism, past the grumbling. Look past it and just be amazed because you were made to be in awe of God. You were made to have your soul and your heart be stirred so that you can see the very wonders of God. And here's the dangerous part. When you stop seeing the wonders of God, you begin to fabricate them on your own, and it's called entertainment. Let, let, me, let me say it again, which is maybe a little visual. When you stop seeing the wonders of God all around you, you, you start to fabricate them on your own. 